0: This episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, why is this a bonus episode and not the weekly episode? Don't worry, the weekly episode is coming. It's just going to be a day late. Um, the South Carolina primary was on a Saturday, which completely threw off my entire schedule. Uh, <laughs> Since I do this every week, which meant I worked through the entire weekend again, go election year, and I uh, wanted to get this out first because it was pretty much finished. I just needed to uh, polish it up a little bit. I wasn't in planning on doing a podcast, but when I was looking at the clips, I turned it into a Twitter thread. It performed really well. People really liked it. And I thought, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do a podcast. And before we begin, I want to do a quick shout out to my sponsor because I don't like to interrupt this style of podcast. So very quickly, um, I have no large donor. I have no sponsors. I have no advertisers. This is 100% funded from listeners of this podcast and readers of my Substack. If you'd like to become a paid subscriber or paid supporter, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News. Its subscriptions are $5 a month. You can go to my Patreon to become a paid subscriber or paid supporter there. All paid subscribers and paid supporters get exclusive content, which varies from week to week, month to month. If you can't afford to become a paid subscriber, but you'd like to support the podcast, I totally understand. Share the podcast, share the newsletter with friends. That helps build the audience, helps grow uh, Decoding Fox News community. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And finally, another way you can support is I have an Amazon gift list i just updated it because uh thor broke a ring light thor is a cat and he's tiny but mighty and an adorable tuxedo but he is very destructive i named him perfectly i named him thor because he was small and i thought it would be funny to name a little tiny cat thor he was undersized he's still undersized for an adult male and um i always wanted to name a cat thor and so it you know it's perfect i named this little terror he is very lovable very sweet very affectionate but he destroys everything and so i had to put a ring light i'm I'm, i got one with a clamp i'm hoping that will prevent him from breaking it i'll clamp it to the desk and that way he can't knock it over because he anyway how fox news covered the south carolina republican primary so this podcast is going to focus on the two-hour special Where they broke it down with their experts Weirdly, they were in New York instead of South Carolina, which was kind of odd They had people in South Carolina And then they sent Fox and Friends Weekend to South Carolina But we'll be discussing that a little bit in the weekly podcast There's going to be a little bit of overlap here Um, this This is intense, election year is intense So anyway, Fox News loves a Republican primary The network turns primaries and caucuses into all-day affairs, with programming starting at 6 a.m., with a host of Fox and Friends smiling in casual clothing as as a marching band blasts songs after every commercial break. Donald J. Trump's victory in the South Carolina Republican primary was a foregone conclusion. Most polls predicted Trump would beat Nikki Haley by 30 points. The fact that Trump only beat Haley by 20 points was never once mentioned during the two-hour primary night special. 20 points is an enormous win, but it was another recent example of pollsters predicting rosier outcomes for Trump and other Republican candidates. Interesting. Nobody mentions this. I'm like, hi, Democrats are talking about this, but the Republicans just, you know, they just gloss right over the fact that every poll in recent history has been way off, and is, as always predicted, they would have a better, better time of it, and then the actual election happens, and Democrats are like, Yay, party! Anyway, instead of solely focusing on the entirely predictable horse race between two candidates, Fox News producers decided to weave in segments about a recent crime story and the border crisis to promote the xenophobic narrative of dangerous migrants invading the United States. This was the first time I saw them do that. They just said, you know, we're not going to talk about this stupid primary because nobody cares, so we're going to just push our regular stuff. So this started at 7 p.m. The co-hosts were Martha McCallum and Brett Baer. The correspondents were Alexandra Hoff. She was at Trump headquarters. Mark Meredith at Haley headquarters. And then they had Bill Hemmer in studio doing his big board stuff. I'm just kind of joking about the big board that's a... um, Uh, Dr. Strangelove reference it's an old movie most of my listeners are older than me so you know exactly what I'm talking about but for the young ones if you don't know this movie Dr. Strangelove 1964 black and white film absolute masterpiece dark dark satire please watch it it will change your life you'll love it it's dark but funny but dark but funny you'll quote it for the rest of your life so anyway here we go uh the first segment they pretty much, like, open and they're like, Trump won, and then we are subjected to this. And I reduced this 25-minute rambling nonsense to two minutes.
1: Something going on in the country. Some really great things are going on. You look outside and you see all of the horror. You have terrorists coming in. You have people coming in that we just can't, uh, we can't do. Could, us, could sustain what's happening to the United States of America. No. Ever, There's never been a spirit like this, and I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. And I'll tell you, no, 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 remember, remember. I love him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsay. Your South Carolina GOP chair, Drew McKissick. Thank you. Thank you. We have a highly opinionated group of people. I'll tell you, they've turned very positive on you very quickly, Lindsay.
0: I just want to point out, I did not alter this audio in any way. I didn't stretch out the booing. That is legitimately how long they booed. Um, and that is the exact order of the speech. Now, this the full speech is like 25 minutes long. Um, but I took, uh, he does say, Trump did say, the party's never been more unified. Then a little bit later, he introduces uh, Senator Lindsey Graham. He gets that reaction. And then further in the speech, he interviews. Uh, introduces Republican Party chair of South Carolina, um, Drew McKissick, and he gets that reaction. So I think it speaks for itself there. that That's kind of why I'm including this speech because it was that moment, those two moments were alone worth sharing.
1: We appreciate it very much. What a job he's done in North Carolina. You know, that evening of 2020 with those votes coming in, we're leading in Pennsylvania. And all of a sudden, no, something happened. It went boom. And then we're leading all over the place, Georgia, and then boom, and we're leading. But North Carolina, I said, when is North Carolina, where is that gonna go? When are they gonna drop lots of ballots into that one? I just wish we could do it quicker, Mr. Governor. I wish we, is there anything you can do with your vast powers (laughs) to make that, you know, in certain countries, you're allowed to call your election date if I had the right to do it, I'd do it tomorrow. We used to have election night. Now we have election period, because some of these elections go on for 48 days, 61 days. Then they announce, they get all this equipment, and they announce they'll be announcing the vote in three weeks from now. Can you imagine?
0: So, the, of course, the rest of the speech was his usual shtick of lying about his accomplishments, uh, boasting about things he hadn't done, exaggerations, making promises he can't keep. Uh, saying stuff that's just blatantly false about like nato funding and and the oil and gas industry which is not nationalized and he makes these wild baseless claims about a, a number of things but i did want to include that because he basically uh i wanted to show how he promoted the idea that the election was stolen then just seconds later goes hey governor can you change he's kidding sort of but he says can you with your vast powers change the election to tomorrow because i i want to just get it over with and win now Okay, that's interesting so uh the election against me was rigged but can we rig it so i win it this time basically is what he's saying so way to go there trump um now we move on to sandra smith and another big board uh which is she goes into the fox news voter analysis which again they always call it with the the official term They're very, very proud of it. I have a hyperlink if you want to see where they explain it at length and how they're working with the University of Chicago and the AP Associated Press on this, you know, survey that they're very, very proud of.
2: Uh, WHERE TRUMP WAS STRONGEST WITH VOTERS ON THE GROUND THERE, THE MAGA VOTERS, THE MAKE AMERICA GREAT AGAIN FOLLOWERS, 87% OF THEM SUPPORTED DONALD TRUMP. THE VERY CONSERVATIVES, 84% SUPPORT TRUMP. AMONG THE RURAL RESIDENTS THERE, THEY GIVE THEM 75%, 72% OF WHITE EVANGELICAL VOTERS, AND 71% Without college degrees, went for Donald Trump as president. For the record, by the way, Nikki Haley does have lower support in each of those areas, except for mental capacity. She does edge out Donald Trump by a couple points there. She got 76% who believe she has the mental capacity to serve. One of our top findings does show a bit of weakness for Trump, though. And it was this question we put to voters about whether or not he is too extreme. To win in the general election. More than one quarter of GOP primary voters say he is too extreme to win in November. That's about twice as many as feel that way about Nikki Haley. And finally, you have to wonder if all those Nikki Haley voters will go on to support Donald Trump in November if he does indeed become the eventual nominee. So here's the findings. When we asked, 39% say they'll stay with the GOP nominee. But look at that number, 59% who are supporting Nikki Haley say they will not go on to support Donald Trump in the general election. That's among Republican primary voters.
0: Now, this next section I have to describe to you because um, I don't really have an audio version to show you. It's a visual thing. So as Smith was going through her data, um, oddly, She uh, did not bring up the fact that most of the polling was about 10 points off. It was more favorable to Trump. Most polls predicted he would win by 30 points or more, and he won by about 20 points. She didn't bring this up. Nobody brought this up. So she shows this screen um, on her touchscreen as part of the uh, Fox News voter analysis, and it says percentage of voters saying Trump did nothing wrong regarding... And this is in regards to his criminal indictments. And the first one says January 6th. Um, you know, what do you think about that case? 56% of, again, Republican primary voters said they didn't think Trump did anything wrong. So the 2020 vote count 53% said they didn't think Trump did anything wrong. And then processing, possessing classified documents, only 44% said Trump did nothing wrong. Now, these aren't great numbers, considering these these are Republican primary voters. This is sort of the heart, the hardcore, the diehard Republicans. Most people don't vote in primaries. Um, so the only people who vote in primaries tend to be the people who are the most motivated. And he's eking out barely slim majorities for the January 6th case, for the 2020 vote count. And then he can't even get a majority for the... Uh, Possessing of classified documents Those aren't good numbers And if you ask the general voting population You'd probably get much much lower numbers So I thought that was interesting That they even showed that on the screen She glossed over it as well This this looks great I'm like no it doesn't Um, So anyway after that little section We move on to the first panel Which includes Dana Perino uh, Former White House Press Secretary Also at Fox News Kellyanne Conway Former Senior Counsel for President Trump also at Fox News. Jessica Tarloff, the liberal from The Five. Uh, Paul Murrow, a former NYPD inspector. Trey Gowdy, former congressperson from South Carolina, also at Fox News, and then Britt Hume of Fox News. AND THIS IS GOING TO START WITH TREY GOWDY AND MOVE INTO JESSICA TURLOCK.
3: AS FOR NIKKI HALEY, HAVING A STRATEGY WHERE YOU WAIT FOR YOUR OPPONENT TO CATCH A BAD COLD OR A GOOD CONVICTION (laughs) IS NOT GOING TO BE A WINNING STRATEGY. and THAT IS THE ONLY EXPLANATION FOR WHY SHE WOULD STAY IN is some health calamity, or or hoping he gets convicted, and and I don't think either going to happen.
4: Yeah, The big
0: election is November 5th, and that's what Democrats are certainly focused on, and independents, and 59% of Nikki Haley's voters say they won't support him in the general election if he's the Republican nominee. That mirrors what we have been seeing in Iowa and New Hampshire, and that's really what he needs to work on. The other thing was, hearing from people who live in South Carolina in blue epicenters and the Charlestons and talking about the Nikki Haley ads and the content. And they were all about how she's going to beat Joe Biden. And guess what? Democrats don't want to hear that. If they are even open to conversion, if they are even disaffected Democrats, they want to be talking about beating Donald Trump at this moment. And then she would have from the day that she becomes the nominee until election day to convert them. I thought that was really incredible insight by Jessica Tarloff because I don't think I've heard that um, expressed in the same way pretty much anywhere. But she's basically saying if Nikki Haley is trying to appeal to disaffected Democrats, promoting herself as the only person who can beat Joe Biden is the wrong way to do it. Because Democrats are really more concerned about stopping Donald J. Trump, and it's fairly obvious right now that he's going to be the nominee. So Nikki Haley might wanna pivot or change that, that type of messaging. I'm not sure what her plans are. Uh, we're gonna get into that in the podcast. They kinda of go all over the place in this one. The uh, program took on a very odd turn, and I don't know if I've ever seen this before, but we're in a very odd year in that we've never had a candidate lose an election for president and then turn around and run again. We've also never had a president, uh, never in the history of this country, lose an election and then spend an inordinate amount of time and energy claiming he didn't lose the election that's never i mean never happened with this constant drumbeat of i didn't lose i didn't lose i didn't lose so anyway uh fox was trying to mix it up so instead of just talking about you know this election that just happened They weaved in their number one topic for again, Republican voters, which was immigration. And this starts with Bill Hemmer bringing it up, and then it snowballs from there. Immigration.
5: In 2016, in South Carolina, the economy was by far and away the number one issue in South Carolina. Immigration checked in at 10%. This year's 50%. So all these stories we've been doing down on the border with Bill Malusian and Griff Jenkins and all our teams down there for the past three years. And you think about the story that broke in Athens, Georgia over the past couple of days. um, Don't think that that's not on the minds of people in South Carolina as they were talking to us over the past week down there. And that was
4: clearly something that the former president emphasized when he came out tonight. He knows that the concern that he expressed way back in 2015 when he came down the escalator about immigration is now an even more potent issue across this country, and we see it in all the polling, you
5: wonder why this is a big issue. You wonder why it really irks people about this. These stories we've been doing for years along Absolutely. the border. Bill's been down there. He essentially has a condo on the border, I think. But I mean, <laughs> he's been covering this since the beginning, and that's why people are so peeved.
0: Now, as I'm watching this, and it's even in the language that Hemmer uses when he discusses this, he says, "We've been pushing this. We've been reporting on this. We've made this a primary story." And I thought to myself, now we do have a border crisis. That is indisputable. There are more immigrants coming into this country now than we've ever had before in recent history, and it is a problem, 100%. But the fact that he says, I I just thought to myself, are voters upset about this because it's actually affecting their daily lives? Is this their lived experience? Or is this because when they turn on their favorite news program, this is shoved down their throats? you know, I don't, is this Fox making the news or is this Fox reporting the news? It's hard to say because Fox does hype this up to, uh, you know, it's an evergreen story. If there were five migrants crossing the border every day, they would act as if it was an invasion. It doesn't matter. They, they shift, uh, the goalposts constantly and it's always we're being invaded they're taking over this is somehow you know military aged men we're going to get to that in the next podcast because I've got a clip on that but this idea that this is somehow this sinister plot it's not just you know because migration is happening all over the world Europe has been hit as things have happened in the Middle East and Africa and people are desperate and they they're fleeing to Europe and Europe has been dealing with this for years. This is not just happening in the United States. So, this idea that it, you know, is Fox making the news or is Fox reporting the news? It's kind of a gray area. Fox also oddly uh, cut to a story about a woman who was murdered in Athens, Georgia. The man who murdered her is an immigrant. Um, his exact status is sort of debatable. They're not sure yet exactly. Now, this has been widely reported on the um, network already. So I'm not sure why they had to do a breaking story about something they'd already broken um, in that they knew the guy was an immigrant. They had been uh, repeating that story the entire morning over and over again on Fox & Friends. They had repeated it earlier in the week. So it's not a breaking story. It was just a way to remind their audience of this woman got killed, an immigrant killed her, run for your lives. And then they cut to, also in this segment, a short segment with Bill Malusian, down in San Diego, because now Texas, because of the razor wire and other steps Texas has taken, more of the uh, immigration has moved, shifted to Arizona and California. So he goes to an area where people are coming off a bus in San Diego, and he's just interviewing people like, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? Very odd segment. Again, to whip up fear and, and paranoia about the border. And so we move from that so they include these two little short news segments and then they move into the next panel, which is Juan Williams of Fox News, Dana Perino, former White House press secretary again of, White, of Fox News, Kaylee McEnany, another former White House press secretary for Trump, also Fox News, and then Paul Murrow again. And we're going to go right into, we're going to repeat again the story about the woman who was killed in Athens, Georgia.
4: You know, this horrific crime that happened in Georgia— I BELIEVE WE ARE GOING TO BE HEARING ABOUT THIS CASE THROUGHOUT THE COURSE OF THIS ELECTION. THIS YOUNG WOMAN COULD BE ANYONE'S DAUGHTER. SHE IS DEAD AT THE HANDS OF THIS PERSON FROM VENEZUELA WHO IS IN THE COUNTRY ILLEGALLY.
1: LET'S MOVE BEYOND THAT TO RECOGNIZE THAT THERE DOES APPEAR, PARTICULARLY FROM VENEZUELA, it DOES SEEM TO BE AN EFFORT TO EMPTY OUT THE PRISONS AND THE INSANE ASYLUMS JUST LIKE WE HAD IN 1980 AND BRING THEM HERE. But what you also have is the Soros prosecutors, for lack of a better term. And all of these things are coming together in a place like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, etc., where there are mechanisms to prosecute this stuff and to keep these people inside. doesn't exist. And I don't have to speculate. We saw it here with those uh, Venezuelan gang members who attacked the police in Times Square.
0: So that was Paul Murrow. And again, they were repeating this throughout Fox & Friends weekend. I watched all four hours because when they do... A primary Fox Fox and Friends tends to really whip it up Um, and it was because it was on a Saturday I got the weekend crew which was weird but that'll be included the next podcast but anyway uh, Paul Murrow makes a bunch of assumptions about Venezuela with no evidence does he offer any evidence does he say it's been documented or we know for a fact or the government has looked into this no he just says they're emptying out their prisons they're emptying out their insane asylums using the exact same language that Trump has just used. Did he back any of that up? Did Trump back any of that up? Of course not. You're just gonna make a statement and let it sit there. Classic Fox News. Next, we move on to Dana Perino talking about a Republican political consultant.
6: Chris Lasavita, works for President Trump. He's a great presidential campaign. Genius when it comes to ads. He did the Swift Boat Veterans for Truth Mm -hmm. ads in 2004, which really helped George W. Bush become in a very close election with John Kerry. And do you think that Chris Lasavita will not be able to take all of the video that we have seen about these migrants and destroy Joe Biden's messaging It's making its own campaign ads every day uh, for for their team, for sure.
0: And again, there are just. They're saying oh, we're going to make these ads, these ads make themselves when we terrorize and scare the heck out of everybody over immigration. Again, I'm repeating myself, but immigration is the number one uh, concern for Republican voters. They're not going to vote for Biden anyway. Republican voters, not independents, not swing voters, not, you know, disaffected Democrats, Republicans that is their number one topic immigration it's not for the rest of the country so that's kind of interesting then we move on to the third panel which includes carl rove a republican political consultant uh harold ford jr of fox news he's a moderate and Britt hume and we're going to go right back into this chris la civita who again if you are old enough to remember the swift boat ads they were absolutely devastating to john Kerry when he ran for president
3: to me, looking at these numbers, the exit polls and also looking at the, at the numbers as they come in from these counties, we have two Republican parties here. We've got a Republican Party that is MAGA-oriented, dominated by Donald Trump, and a party that's not. And uh, in, in, in the state of North, uh, South Carolina, it's about a 60-40 split, and they're not happy with each other um uh, you know the uh, the exit polling showing that a significant number of uh, Nikki Haley voters say at this point they won't be voting for Donald Trump now granted that's today and as we get closer to the fall election that's likely to diminish but it's incumbent upon the winner to do everything he can to unite the party and while Donald Trump did a good job tonight of acknowledging all the people that helped him win, he did a very, not much of a job at all of trying to unite the party, of complimenting the opposition, of saying it's time to come together, of trying to set a positive tone, and even as even as rally demonstrated some of the tensions inside the party. Introduced Lindsey Graham, who was booed. Introduced the Republican state chairman, who was booed. Uh, our party, the Republican Party, is pretty broken right now, and it's going to take a lot of time and energy and leadership to pull it back together. But Carl, because remember, last time around. Donald Trump took 90% of the Republicans and uh, a minority of the independents and was behind by 7 million votes. So he's got to do better than he did last time. And these, the, the, the idea, I don't know if you saw it today, but I mean, his press secretary took a two by four to uh, Nikki Haley, uh, CHRIS LaSavita WHO IS A FRIEND OF MINE AND WHOM I HAVE ENORMOUS RESPECT FOR, SAID HE WAS GOING THAT THEY WERE GOING TO GIVE HER AN ASS KICKING IN SOUTH CAROLINA. THIS IS NOT THE LANGUAGE OF UNITY. THIS IS NOT THE GRACIOUS WINNER, THE GUY WHO IS OUT IN FRONT AND WINNING 60-40 IN HER HOME STATE. THIS IS LIKE, uh, YOU KNOW, uh, the, THE KIND OF STUFF you, the TAUNTS YOU HEAR AT JUNIOR HIGH FOOTBALL GAMES. I MEAN, IT'S, THERE'S A MOMENT WHERE YOU NEED TO BEGIN UNITING THE PARTY AND, AND WE, we DIDN'T SEE IT TONIGHT.
0: SO THAT clip. And the odd choices to insert news stories about the, the border and this murder in Athens, Georgia, were why I decided to go ahead and make this into a podcast, because I was going to just do a newsletter for paid subscribers and move on. And I thought, no, there's more here to this. And I think that's why the Twitter thread performed as well as it did because there's something about the fact that carl rove who's as dyed in the wool a republican as he could possibly be he was you know the right-hand man in some ways to george w bush this is you know he this is all he does is obsessed about you know republican politics and he's saying we've got a serious problem here the fact that he's you know trump is not doing as well as he should be doing the fact that these voters don't like him the fact that he keeps attacking nikki haley in the way that he does the fact that his people don't seem to understand that they need to rally the troops they're just happy that they're winning they go to these rallies where you get his diehard fans who cheer him on and they're being blinded by the fact that he really isn't as popular as he was. And I want to point this out in the next clip that gets even crazier is that if Carl Rove, someone who's this pro-Republican party, is saying this. This is not MSNBC. This is, you know, not Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes. It's not someone who's on, an. I love both of them, by the way, but people who are on a, you know, partisan network who are saying, you know, rosy things about the election. This is Carl Rove saying, danger, danger, we got a problem here. And you're not going to hear it on Hannity. You're not going to hear it on the Ingram Angle or Jesse, Wa- Jesse Waters. Are you kidding? No, you're not going to hear it on any of those shows. You're not going to hear it on The Five or Fox and Friends. No, they're just going to be like, everybody loves Trump, 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 go Trump, go Trump. Especially now that he's pretty much the only uh, candidate they have left. You know, Nikki Haley is holding in there, but, uh, you know. If this is a problem now, this gives me hope with all of the negative press that they throw around and against stupid stories about Commander the Dog and the other nonsense that's going out there. So I don't think we should get complacent, though, by any means. This is this is a battle for our democracy. Donald J. Trump is not kidding around. Um, everything about this man is is terrifying to me if he gets into power again. So uh, Fox then included Nikki Haley's speech to her supporters, um, which apparently was about a half hour long, but they cut her off at about 13 and a half minutes. I point that out because they're always bragging that they show everything and, oh, we don't cut people off like these other... No-. Yes, you do. They do it all the time. They just don't cut Trump off. So she gives a speech. I have a hyperlink to it in the newsletter. And then John Roberts comes on and is deeply concerned ABOUT PRETTY MUCH EVERYTHING.
5: THAT SHE IS DETERMINED TO STAY IN THIS, WHETHER IT'S A CONTINGENCY PLAN, AS BRETT WAS SAYING, YOU KNOW, BREAK GLASS IN CASE OF EMERGENCY, IF TRUMP WERE SOMEHOW TO falter, OR IF SHE'S GOING DOWN A DIFFERENT ROAD, uh, WE CAN'T TELL AT THIS POINT, BUT SHE IS DETERMINED TO HANG IN. I I THINK, AND CARL ROVE MENTIONED THIS AND SANDRA SMITH MENTIONED THIS IN THE FOX NEWS VOTER ANALYSIS, THE REAL KEY HERE IS THIS 59% OF HALEY VOTERS WHO SAY THAT THEY WOULD NOT VOTE FOR DONALD TRUMP, SHOULD HE BECOME THE NOMINEE? that tracks with about 24 percent of the Republican Party, which is right along the lines of what that New York Times Siena poll showed us a year, almost a year ago now, in terms of the makeup of the Republican Party, in which there was about 25 percent of Republicans who say that they are never Trumpers. And I know that there are a large number of establishment Republicans who are anti-Trump, who would like to see Nikki Haley become a, quote, part of the resistance. Now, it also could be said that, you know, this is just part of the regular primary schedule. Don't forget, in 2016, It was a knockdown, drag about, bare knuckle fight between uh, now President or then President Trump, candidate Trump rather, and uh, Ted Cruz that went all the way until May the 3rd. And the things that were said back and forth, you thought you could never ever take them back. But in the end, Cruz got behind Trump. Trump probably became a stronger candidate because of it and went on to win the election.
0: So then we move on to a segment that I was calling um, basically Will. People wanted me to do this, so I'm going to do it. Um, Will Nikki Haley go rogue? And it's basically what this is. And It's uh, a bunch of Fox News folks. Yeah, that was a specific request. Somebody made that specific request on Twitter, and so I, I did it for you. I get that from um, professional wrestling, by the way. My brothers were huge fans. I'm from Missouri. My dad was an auto mechanic. That's who I am. Okay, so <laughs> um, I know way too much about professional wrestling. I'm going to move on. But this is the final panel was Dana Perino, Juan Williams of Fox News, Kaylee McEnany, and Ari Fleischer. Ari Fleischer was a former White House press secretary for George W. Bush. And they th- this gets a little spicy at the end here. A little spicy.
5: Interestingly, Super Tuesday, 11 of the 15 states. You don't have to be a registered Republican to vote. So she could be playing for the independence Democrats and see how that plays if she gets 40% or so in those states. But there's a lot to chew over here.
4: Yeah, there's a lot she didn't say in that speech that has opened the doors to people thinking that perhaps she's considering a third-party run. And when I spoke with her the other day, she said, I'm running as a Republican right now. Right now.
0: So now, Ari Fleischer, when he finally gets the mic, and this is like the first time we've seen him for the entire evening, which I don't know why Fox does that, but that's what they do. So they recycle people and they bring new people on, and he just goes right off the gate, like
6: bam.
5: That was a no labels speech tonight by Nikki Haley. That was a speech when she says, no matter what, I am running. When she trashes Joe Biden, trashes Donald Trump, she is setting herself up to run down the middle.
6: Guess who's the most worried about this tonight? It's not Donald Trump for the reason that Kaylee just said. It's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Because remember what Nikki Haley has said all along that this election I'm not running against Biden, I'm running against Kamala Harris. So I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna diagram all of these sentences to see what we can what clues we can find. But she gave clues to both of you this week in interviews, so probably more to come. When I said she can't get media attention, I might be wrong, because if you decide to do something new on the runway, that's how you get news. So yes, drama and intrigue now, will
0: Nikki Haley go rogue? Uh, Will Nikki Haley go, will Nikki Haley go rogue? Again, picture me in a ring. Picture two of my brothers. I have one that's older, one that's younger. We're very close in age. Uh, Deciding I'm just gonna be body slammed because that was pretty much my childhood. That and pile drivers and all that nonsense. Um, my brother would, my older brother, both of them would like reenact it too. This is the family I come from. So I would just be sitting there and I would just hear,
4: he's not going to take
0: it anymore. He sees her. He knows his time has come. It's, it's a challenge that he can only meet. And it'll like, it'll be like, no, Ric Flair deciding. And then he would like name me as like a Von Erich brother or something. And I'd be like, oh no, here we go. And I would hear my brother like come up behind me and I'm like, here we go! And then I'd be like, bam! And there's only a couple times, only a couple times that um, someone was concerned that I was actually hurt. <laughs> then my brother would be like, uh-oh, I went too far. I've I've actually hurt my sister. And I'd be like, I'm good, I'm good. And it's funny because I make jokes about this all the time that I have like the reflexes of someone with two brothers and that I don't flinch. Like you could try to, people who try to be like, boo, I just look at them and go, what? I grew up with two brothers. You have no idea. I was sandwiched in between them. And my sister is older than me. My older, it goes like this. Uh, my brother, my sister, me, my little brother. And my mother had us in the span of four years. So go Catholics. Irish twins. Um, Irish twins are two babies born within a year of each other. Technically, it's supposed to be 12 months, but we're like 13. So I'm, I'm counting it, okay? I'm counting it. That was a lot of crazy. So I'm going on a tangent. So that's the podcast again. The weekly regular podcast is coming. I'm still working on it. That should be published is probably within the next 24 hours. Uh, I just felt like I had to get this one out first because it was like 90% written. Um, Because as I was going through the quotes, I was putting it together uh, because it was meant to just be a, a newsletter. And I was like, no, this is a podcast. This is a podcast. And I'll very briefly, just because it's like your fix. And I feel like I will get angry, angry, uh, Notes, if I don't do it, I'll- very quickly. You know who I'm doing. You know who I'm doing. I'm Judge Janine, And I'm just mad that I wasn't asked to be on the panel. If you need someone to give their opinion about Joe Biden and Nikki Haley, what is she thinking? She looks nice in her little outfits. She's got great shoes. But come on, lady, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. You should sit down. Sit down and run again some other time. You're lost in your own state. You're humiliated. You're humiliated. And I need a drink. I shouldn't say that. I don't know, should I? She was talking about poop last week. It's true, she was just talking. I'll play it, I'll play it's an audio. I got an audio for you, we're playing it.
4: The rats can come out, they can poop in the
0: sewer and more rats will come out. I mean, I, I should just play that clip to get excited for each new podcast. They can poop in the sewer. You know, just get it out of me. Just go. Just look, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. No. Listen to Judge Janine. Okay, so if you want to know more about Decoding Fox News, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, although Blue Sky doesn't let me post video yet, so do not post that much on there. But you can find me there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram for Decoding Fox News. The comment section is always amusing. TikTok, which I hate, but you know, gotta do it. Blech. But I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube and Facebook under my own name, Juliet Jesky. Um, Juliet spelled like Romeo and one T. So it's just Julie with a T at the end. Jesky spelled J E S K E. I also wanna give a quick shout out from the mascots of the podcast, uh, Odin and Thor. They are cats. Odin was making noise for no reason, uh, and I had to stop because he's being a weirdo. You're being a weirdo. He's a giant, long, skinny, black cat with an incredibly long tail. Stop doing that, Odin. Anyway, I will see you at the next podcast.